Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder-led ministry of Believer's Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. And no, I am not Duffy Henderson. He is the voice that you normally hear as the host of the Asking for a Friend podcast. This episode is a little bit different, so I am hosting because we have special guests from our congregation that will be part of this particular episode. We always are delighted when you take the time to listen and um, take an opportunity to uh, hear what God might be doing through um, Believers Baptist or even in some of the questions and the issues that we try to address. And so this is the special episode that we are going to um, talk about a conference that the four of us, that is myself, Jared Haygood, Whitney Haygood, and Patrick Covington were able to attend. It was the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors annual meeting, annual conference, and that was in the early days of October, October 3rd, 4th, and 5th of that 2022. And so what we want to be able to do is just bring the listener into a conversation that we're going to be having about some of the um, things that we learned, uh, what was our experience, what were some of our uh, favorite um, uh, takeaways from the conference. And we want to try to introduce the counseling ministry, the biblical counseling ministry that Believers wants to bring in 2023, in January of 2023, to our congregation, and to the community of Emory and Rains County. Now, there's a lot of thought, a lot of work that's gone into this. This is not something that we have done fly-by-night. It has been a two-year at least, maybe longer, that we've actually been working on this. And Jared and Whitney and Patrick and myself have gone to training. We've tried to be uh, diligent to follow um, the track that has been given to us to become uh, more qualified. So we're not just jumping out here, um, fly-by-night kind of ministry. We have put effort and time into this, and we want to continue to do that. And so this episode of the podcast hopefully will introduce you, the listener, to some of the um, things that we're learning, some of the things that we can, again, bring to bear on a biblical counseling ministry that is helping people know that the Word of God is sufficient, authoritative, inspired, that would would help them work through their issues. And so with all that introduction, those words... um, I've got Jared with me. Most of you know Jared. Jared's been on the podcast several times. Jared is our uh, student and family minister, as many of you already know, one of our elders, his wife, Whitney. And I believe, Whitney, this is the second time that you've been one on one of the episodes. (laughs) And then Patrick Covington. And Patrick, this is your first time, correct? First time, yeah. Looking forward to it. Good. Patrick is going to be one of our future elders. We're going to ordain him by the end of 2022. And uh, looking forward to him being officially one of the elders of our congregation. He's been a blessing and a joy and a help to us um, through about a year and a half now as uh, you've gone through. Something like that. I don't remember how long it's been. It feels like forever. Right, yeah. (laughs) You've been a great help and a blessing to us, brother. So thank you uh, for being on the episode for this particular conversation. 
All right, as I mentioned, we went to the ACBC, ACBC uh, annual conference in Memphis, Tennessee, October 3rd, 4th, and 5th of 2022. Um, it was a great um, conference. Um, we had opportunity to, to get a lot of teaching. And as always, if you've gone to one of these conferences, you are overwhelmed with the information. And that's what we experienced. So this is kind of an opportunity for us to debrief and you listen in as a listener to our debriefing and some of the things that we learned. So we hope this will be helpful. Hopefully it'll be um, knowledge to you so that you would know how to pray and uh, you can kind of know where we are going with this biblical counseling ministry. So with all that being said, let's just start with uh, Jared and, and Jared, give me some thoughts and uh, some ideas and some of the, the, the practical realities of what happened. For example, you and Whitney flew mm -hmm. to Memphis, and Patrick and I uh, drove. And um, Yeah, we, we, had, we had to fly because, uh, I guess, 2020, when COVID broke out, we were supposed to go to a conference, and so that got canceled. So we had to use our, uh, our plane ticket for that. Right, so right. We ended up, we ended up flying out to... Uh, to Memphis, so. yeah, and you actually got there just about a couple of hours ahead of us, right? Yep. And uh, so we uh, we drove the seven or eight hours it was, I guess. Patrick got there safely, and this was on the third of October. The conference started that night at six o'clock. That was our first general session, and um, we had um, I can't remember how many general sessions that we had, but then we had breakout sessions for those three days yeah those, so those for so for most people they, they they've asked me did we go out to the downtown and stuff like that i'm like no usually these conferences there's there's not a lot of there's no time for that. there's no time for start that. early so, and end late yeah that's right that's and right. uh and so these conferences we take serious they're not just uh to go out and uh, vacay on, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think there were five or six, right? Five yeah, there or were six, six yes, breakouts Patrick. and right. plenary sessions. So that, that's right. Uh, yeah, 12, of 15 hours of content yes. in two and a half days. Yes. Uh, so you're right. There was not a lot of time to go out. Um, uh, however, you did go to uh, waffle house. We did. We did have a, <laughs> a late night uh, snack on some uh, waffle house. So. Yes. Th that's after eating like all day, like several times, multiple times a day, Jared and Patrick. And at least one time Whitney went to the waffle house. Like th we're talking like at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, it's a little too much. Maybe eight o'clock. Oh, okay. <laughs> it felt like <laughs> Might uh, have been nine. <laughs> I couldn't go. I just couldn't do it. I mean, I, one thing about going to conferences with Jared Haygood, you will eat. There will be no locks, low lacks of of um, food. Yeah. Well, we don't we don't even get hangry. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe keep me fed. No. Well, let's talk then um, about that. Uh, those general sessions. You're right. I think there were six of those, Patrick. What, what was one of the general sessions that sort of stood out to you that, that you were able to glean something from? Uh, what was one particular speaker that you enjoyed? I, I, told, I told people a couple of times they've asked me, and I told them, um, you, you learn a lot, but at the same time, you go to these conferences and realize you have so much more to learn and uh, so much more to read. Boy, and that so, is so right. Um, there, there is so much to learn. And uh, before we started recording, I related to 
each of you that uh, a particular opportunity I thought was coming to uh, to us, and uh, I got really nervous about how to help this situation because it seems to be way over our head. But we're trying. We're learning. In fact, what we've done is we have followed a path that has been given to us by ACBC, and that path, Patrick, talk to me a little bit about what that path includes that we've done already. Yeah, yeah. So the the path to becoming a certified biblical counselor, which is not a requirement to do biblical counseling, you know, in a sense, all Christians, all believers have the responsibility to, to counsel one another. We, we have that responsibility toward each other. But it's a good thing to become certified. Um, it shows, it reflects well upon the church. It shows that we've take, we're taking this ministry seriously. And, um, you know, it's, a, it's an assurance to the people. So in order to become certified, there's several things you have to do. I don't, it, it's been a while since I've looked at the exact list, but just off of memory, there's, um, there's training sessions. So I believe it's 30 hours of training. You're training to uh, counsel. Um, in addition to that 30 hours of training, there's at least 10 counseling sessions you have to observe other biblical biblical certified counselors, ACBC certified counselors, that you would have to observe. And then there's a thousand pages of approved reading off of a, a reading list. So there's a you know 50, 60, however many books that are approved by ACBC dealing with counseling and counseling issues. You have to read a thousand pages of those books. And then there's testing. You have to get do various theological exams. And then once you do all of that, then um, to actually become certified within a year, you have to do 50 one-hour counseling sessions and have them observed by an ACBC supervisor. So it's a pretty strenuous process. It's not something that comes about easily. You mentioned earlier we've been working on this for a couple of years now and still feel like we're at the beginning stages of it, right. although we've done a lot to toward working toward getting it going. But that's kind of the pathway to becoming certified. Right. And so the four of us have done much on that pathway already. We, we have worked our way through uh, some of those steps, and we're continuing to do that. Right. And so that's where we are. And by next Sunday night, which would be October the 30th, 2022, we hope to bring to the congregation the brochure that we are having printed up that would give um, publicity, if you will, lack of a better word, uh, about the biblical counseling ministry that we want to do. So back to the general sessions. Um, so w what were some of the general sessions that, that were most beneficial to you? It was hard. There was, um, there was three that really stood out. The, the first one I went to was um, helping the, the bullied child. And um, I was trying to. Uh, was that a general session or was that a, a One of the breakout? Breakout. Did you say breakout? Say general. A general. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. general. Yeah. Well, um, the the general one was. Um, uh, I thought Denny Burke did a good job. Um, he looked at um, the, the 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 decay of human dignity, mm -hmm. and so looking at um, uh, your identity as an individual, looking at uh, human dignity through. Uh, sex, uh, through marriage and gender, uh, because of all the gender confusion and, um, stuff going in our culture today. And so, uh, I thought he did an excellent job of, uh, talking about each of those points and the bigger, bigger point of being, uh, the decay of, of human dignity because our, the theme for the year was in his image, recovering human dignity. Right. 
And, and Denny Burke is a professor of biblical studies and ethics at Boyce College. He serves as the director of the Center of, for Gospel and Culture. He serves as an associate pastor at Kenwood Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. And he's president of the Council of Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. So he was one of the speakers. And um, Patrick, Whitney, jump in here. What was one of the general sessions that you enjoyed? Uh, I actually also wrote down The Decay of Human Human Dignity by Denny Burke. Uh, He kind of gave a crash course on the history of psychology and how we've gotten to where we are today. Uh, He talked about expressive individualism as kind of like the king uh, underpinning idea of our culture. And expressive individualism is the idea that if you feel it, you should do it. If you feel it, you should be it. It's kind of the, you hear people say, you do you, and that's kind of what comes to mind. Um, And so he just, I liked how he talked about, uh, really from the biblical perspective, we know that uh, what we feel or think about ourselves is often very wrong. And so the good news it's, you know, that's good news for those who, if you're confused, if you find yourself led in a pit from following your feelings, the good news is there's a truth that, there's an ultimate truth that has nothing to do with your feelings. And um, so I really appreciated just thinking about how, uh, how toxic this idea of whatever you feel you should follow. I thought that was a really it's good a idea. Very, and it's very popular in our culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney teaches us this, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's a lot out there that says, follow your heart, you be you. Um, if you're done with a marriage, you should be done with it. If you right. feel like you're a boy, you should be a boy. <laughs> right, those kinds of things. And, and Patrick, um, Whitney said something that, that prompted me to ask you this. She said, um, we're talking about popular psychology, went through some of the history Denny Burke did in that general session. So what's the difference in biblical counseling and what we would call Christian counseling? Sure. So biblical counseling uh, is distinct from Christian counseling in that biblical counseling rests upon the sufficiency of God's Word. Um, We would believe in biblical counseling that um, the Word of God is sufficient to um, do all things pertaining to life and godliness for us, right? So we would say that Scripture is apt and complete and would help us through all of life's issues, issues of sin and repentance, issues of suffering and, and, and being able to trust God through suffering using the Word of God. So a biblical counselor is um, distinctly in God's Word and uses God's Word to counsel. Christian counseling, um, counseling kind of integrates psychology and psychiatry into counseling. So it's more or less the, the doctrines of men with the little Jesus sprinkled in right. uh, to make people feel good about themselves. And, and one of the key distinctives is in a psychological type system, the goal is to feel better, mm-hmm. happiness. So in psychology, ultimately, they're looking for ways to remove whatever this issue is and make you feel better. Uh, and, and then also uh, one of their primary goals would be in, in making you feel better is blame shifting. You know, where you are guilty, um, understanding biblical counseling, using the word of God, and ultimately the gospel is what's at stake here. When you go toward Christian counseling and they do these, um, sorry, Jared, (laughs) Jared's getting the the sun out of my eyes for me here. Um, Anyway, kind of lost my train of thought there. But uh, anyway, in Christian counseling, they, they take the blame and they put it on something else. Biblical counseling recognizes we are guilty and where we are guilty 
you find forgiveness in Christ. Right. So biblical counseling is what we are leaning into. We're not doing Christian counseling. We are doing biblical counseling. And we, we intend to offer this free of charge to our congregation, obviously, but also uh, primarily to our community um, for the main purpose to share the gospel so that people might come to faith in Christ. So with that in mind, uh, was there one of the general section sessions that, that spoke to you, particularly Patrick, or that you want to yeah, mention? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Denny Burke, of course, I think he did a fantastic job presenting on his material. Uh, Johnny Erickson Tata is always a, a joy to listen to, but uh, perhaps one that um, stuck out the most to me was Virgil Walker, uh, Omaha. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're familiar with the Just Thinking podcast, he won- he's one of the hosts there. He's uh, He does something with G3 Ministries. Yeah, he's the director of operations for G3 Ministries. Right, and he does a fantastic job. And he kind of spoke on what his specialty is, um, and, and that was treating people with dignity uh, in a world of partiality. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we don't go off and show partiality because it's sinful. Mm-hmm. Um, Virgil Walker did a fantastic job. Um, if you're familiar with their podcast, every time they say something remarkable, um, they pause and say, you got to cue up the mascot, right? And they, you know, play music and he repeats it and it's fantastic. But there are a few times I thought, well, we ought to, we ought to shout that out and see if somebody will do it for it. That's good. But he did, he did wonderful. Right. Right. Well, that's good. Jared, you mentioned just a moment ago, um, just talking about one of the breakout sessions that you attended. So go back and talk a a little bit about that. Yeah, I was looking. <clears throat> the first one I went to was um, helping the bullied child, and um, I thought it, he made a great point in that uh, bullying, you know, like 50 years ago, was about physical uh, harassment, you know, uh, pushing a lot of physical. And we see today um, now it's changed because of social media that they will um, they will find pictures, they will find. Uh, things about you, they'll, they'll find all this other stuff and fight behind the screen and a lot of words, a lot of tearing down. And, um, and so looking at helping the individual, um, you know, I tell a lot of times for my children, they come up to me and said, so-and-so said this to me or said this about me or said something. And, and after a mind them, and uh, we're talking about in the session was uh, a lot of the times those bullies, um, there's a, there's a heart issue there, you know, that they're, they're doing it because uh, they don't, they don't feel valued. They don't feel loved. They, uh, they want respect. They want to feel honor. Uh, they want all, they want all these things and they can't find it. And so in order to make themselves feel better, they go on the attack. And, um, and so I, especially with uh, social media and working with youth and work with families and children, uh, those are good ones to go to mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and to, to look at that. Right. So that was one of the options that you chose. Right. We all each breakout session had, multiple options that we could choose from. And there were a few of those that we attended together. Like at one point, I know Whitney, Patrick, and I were in the same one. Um, and in fact, that may have been two times that mm-hmm. that, that I happened. I think twice. <laughs> yes, yeah. So uh, Whitney, what was one of those breakout sessions that really was helpful to you? It was hard to pick. I was sitting there thinking about it. I, I, it they all had highlights to me that all together created this cohesive picture. And so it was hard to pick one standout, but I think if I had to, uh, I really liked a session I went to called how Christ transforms us in our diseases and our disabilities. And, uh, the Keith, the Keith, the speaker was Keith Palmer. And he said, uh, just some, a summary of some of what he said was he mentioned that, you know, we tend to think that normal, he said, we need to find to, to define normal and abnormal biblically. 
he says, we tend to define normal as that we expect health and we expect ease. And if we're, if we find ourselves unhealthy or find ourselves having a disability, we think that that's abnormal and we need to really, really fight for normalcy as the world defines it. And not to say that you don't seek, uh, you don't seek solutions or, or anything like that. But he said, we uh, tend to define that that's the normal where we should think of health as an unexpected gift in a fallen world. That should be what we expect as normal. And uh, he said, in thinking, in thinking about disability or illness, we tend to fall into one or two, one of two ditches. He said, one thing that people tend to do is to say, I am defined by my disability. And so the person who does this, they, they tend to be uh, depressed. They tend to uh, be, what words did he use? Let's see. He said, they tend to be depressed. They tend to struggle with worthlessness or hopelessness. He said, the other ditch that's equally damaging is people tend to say, I am not my disability. And he said that this tends to lead a person to be maybe overly assertive or kind of have an entitled or even bitter attitude. Just they go around striving to prove to the world that they, they, they are on top of their disability. Their disability does not own them. And, uh, you know, both of these are defining your identity because the whole theme, you know, is restoring human dignity. Both of these are still defining the person. They're tying their identity back to the disease or back to the illness. And he said, from a biblical pers uh, perspective, we want to get people to recognize that their identity is found in their creator, in Christ. Um, and so, you know, from a biblical perspective, biblical perspective, we would say, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So the idea is, I am in Christ. My identity is entirely wrapped up in him. I may have this disease or this disability, but my days are spent making, you know, seeking out the ways I can serve and glorify him, knowing one day he will address the issues in my body. So, um, you know, he said, as a church, when you're counseling someone that's struggling with illness or disability or chronic pain, you're seeking out ways to enable them to find that purpose because, you know, people want to know they have purpose. You know, you, you want to know your identities in Christ and you want to know how can I serve him. And really quickly, I want to, you know, share a story about a, a lady who kind of became a mentor to me in the town we lived in last. Um, she has severe Crohn's disease and um, lives in a lot of pain. And many days she can't hardly get out of bed. And she said something I'll never forget. She said, some days I lay in bed, but she, this woman bubbles over with joy and peace. And she has truly found that her identity and her purpose is in Christ. And she said, some days I lay in bed in so much pain that I literally don't know if I can make it to the next minute. But she said, I lay in bed and I'd say, I praise God with this breath. I praise God with the next breath. And she said, when I've done that, I, re I realize I have done the most valuable thing in the universe, if that's all that I can do. And I... I just love that. It's, and it just, it encourages me because I know people that live in a lot of pain and it encourages me that there can be peace when you recognize God gives us immense, even if no one else except the spiritual realm sees her worship, it, she truly has found her identity in Christ and it has brought her, she bubbles over with, with peace and joy because of that. Right. So. What a valuable breakout session because um, in, a, in a biblical counseling setting, we can expect that people are going to be struggling with permanent illnesses mm -hmm. and um, disabilities, those kinds of things, and that they would identify themselves around that and cause some of the mental anguish and emotional stress that they experience because of that. Patrick, was there one of the general, I'm sorry, the uh, breakout sessions that spoke to you a lot? Yeah, there was there was one that I'm convinced was the, the greatest breakout session <laughs> of everyone was there. Uh -huh. and it was the very first one I went to, uh -huh. um, and it actually ties in with something Whitney just said in, in giving her story. 
um, and, and praising God through the suffering. And the title of this one was Doxological Counseling. Uh, doxological Counseling, um, How the Glory of God Impacts Counseling Philosophy and Practice. Mm-hmm. A gentleman named Omri Miles, um, I don't know much about him. I'd never heard of him before. I know he's a graduate of the Master Seminary, but it was a fantastic um, recentering uh, of what biblical counseling is all about. Uh, so what we did in, in that session was he went to Exodus chapter 34, um, where God, before Moses, declares his name, right? And that he is the Lord, the Lord, Yahweh, Yahweh, uh, a God merciful and gracious and slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Uh, he talks about him being forgiving, but also just. And, and that particular um, breakout session was was phenomenal for me because my inclination is to fixate on the problem. Mm-hmm. People come to us often with problems, and they want solutions. And my inclination is try to figure out the solution. When in reality, that's not what biblical counseling is all about. Obviously, we want to help people. Obviously, um, our goal would be to help people through their suffering. Um, and where there's sinful issues, we want to solve that problem as well. But the primary goal of biblical counseling is what the Westminster uh, Confession uh, calls the chief end of man, mm-hmm. uh, or not the, the not the confession, the, the catechism, catechism. And, and that is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Mm-hmm. So this um, doxological counseling then is how we, not only ourselves as the counselors, but also getting our counselees off of ourselves, off of our problems, and fixated upon the glory and the majesty of God. Uh, one phrase he he opened up with that has kind of stuck with me is where has the majesty of God gone in counseling? Mm. Because so much of us, we try to get so pragmatic and we just try to fix the problem and, and we miss the whole point. Uh, Jason, you mentioned earlier that the primary goal again for us in counseling is not fixing the problem. It's evangelism, right? Mm-hmm. The, right. Uh, opening this up to the community provides a wonderful opportunity to share the gospel um, with Christians. You counsel them biblically using the gospel, you know, the gospels for the believer as well as the non-believer. That's right. Uh, so it's all focused around God, who he is and what he has done. And this one on doxological counseling was just fantastic, um, in my opinion, you know, because our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions, um, our hearts, everything about us is pub- in public and in private is to glorify God. Uh, that's why we're here. And if we'll realize that, I think it will really help us understand what biblical counseling is all about and how the lay person um, has a responsibility to counsel because it's not the big problem. Um, it's not the, the rapes that just happened and how you recover from that. It's how you deal with every moment of every day. Um, and, and when our thoughts and our action or our thoughts are turned off of ourselves and turned on to Christ, turned on to the glory of God, now we have the right perspective, and, and that's ultimately the goal. Um, but like I said, it was fantastic. There's a lot I could say about it. One other quote that, that stuck with me that he said was, uh, he said this in closing, was that you should always think greatly about the greatness of God and, and lead your counselees to thinking greatly about the greatness of God because it's 
that's that's what it's all about, right? When right. we turn our eyes upon Jesus, what I was, happens? I was about to say it. <laughs> yeah. Look for his wonderful face, yeah, the things right. of this world go strangely dim. Right. Yeah, that's a lot exactly of the light right. and glory so, and grace. Yeah. I was super excited about that one. That was the very first breakout I went to, and right. thought, man, I can't wait for the rest of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. We did attend one that was helpful, and we'll not go into all the details about it, but it was on bitterness out of the book of Ruth. That was a super uh, breakout session for me, and... Probably the best one that I attended personally was by Randy Patton, and it was called Minister the Word Rather Than Dispense It. And as biblical biblical counselors, one of the things that we do is we are apt to just throw a Bible verse out there superficially, um, very momentarily, give it some application, some significance, and then move on uh, to whatever else we're trying to uh, help them do. And so this particular breakout was slow down, um, take the time to actually do um, the text and uh, exposit it and think about what's being said and not just throw a verse at them and then move on to the next. And so that was super helpful. I'll come back to that in just a, a few minutes at the end of our time. Were there other breakouts that you want to mention before we move on to resources? Um, I think another one that was that was interesting and still trying to think through that and, and process it and um, how, do, how do I better understand it, how do I better uh, communicate, and that is, um, uh, you know, uh, psychotropic drugs in, um, in, people, in people's lives. And so what I mean by that is, you know, looking at uh, depression medicine, looking at bipolar medicine, looking at um, all those drugs and how do we look through the lens of the Word of God and and um, and look at that medication, and because uh, truly it really does. Everything comes down to a heart, um, you know, a heart problem. And, right. You know, h- how do we get down to that? And um, and you know, communicating that. I think we probably all agree that medication is probably heavily used and, and maybe overused. Um, and so to be able to sit down and, and communicate with a person, you know, let's let's look at the Word of God and. Um, and what does that really look like in, in the life? And so um, a, a, really, a really good one can be super controversial. Right. Uh, but right. I, I, thought, I thought it was very much needed and uh, was good. So. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting topic that uh, I think a lot of people struggle to understand, and, and myself included, um, because the reality is we are body and soul, right? right. We, there are physiological issues that can cause problems. You know, so if there's a legitimate hormonal imbalance or something like that, then there, you know, there might be drugs that need to be used. Um, but in our culture, there's no denying that the vast majority of the time medicine is given to suppress, um, a side effect when it, 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 it's not needed. There's a legitimate sinful issue that needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's interesting because I don't know exactly where all of those dividing lines are because medicine is a wonderful gift of God, mm. but it's not always helpful. Right. Right. But, right. It, that is confusing and something that's got to be thought about carefully. Do you have another breakout, Whitney? Uh, one other I wrote down was um, biblical counseling for trauma, which honestly was not quite what I thought it would be. I thought it would be more like uh, abusive sorts of trauma. He was actually addressing more like uh, catast- like natural disaster type catastrophes or shootings which, yeah, anyway, so he, he was more geared towards uh, the methodology a response team should take 
in, in addressing those issues. However, he did say some things I thought were interesting. Um, earlier I mentioned expressive individualism as an underpinning idea in our culture. And I think another one that he mentioned is, he said, you know, kind of the new buzzwords, buzzword in psychology today is trauma-informed. He said everybody, he, he'll get people calling and say, are you a trauma-informed counselor? And he, he says what that means is you're not going to trigger someone. You're going to counsel in a way that doesn't push their buttons or doesn't uh, bring up painful memories. And so you're going to kind of carefully, uh, you know, push work. them aside. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say dance on eggshells or, you know, I'm sure the people that do this trauma-informed counseling have very good intentions. But, um, he, you know, he's saying uh, it kind of gives the impression that the person is a permanently damaged, fragile victim, that they're going to be constantly chained to this tragic event that happened. But in biblical counseling, uh, we, we are trauma informed in that we, we understand, you know, from the, you don't have, he said, you don't have to have, you haven't, you didn't need to go through something to be able to counsel it. And he said, we know God provides, you know, all the answers we need for any issue through scripture. And he said, so you can counsel these issues in confidence. You don't have to have been through it. And he said, uh, you're, you're giving someone the hope that they are not going to be constantly chained. Not that they will, you know, necessarily forget what happened. They won't, but that they're not a, a fragile victim for the rest of their lives. Whereas trauma informed counseling tends to give that impression that you're forever going to be fragile and have PTSD. And I know those are real things, but I, I just really appreciated the thought that to give people hope that there's true Liberty, there's true freedom in Christ and true healing in Christ. Amen. That's good. So let's move away from, those breakout sessions and you probably would have more that you could talk about. I understand that, but let's take a few minutes just to talk about some of the resources that we were able to gather because obviously at the conference, there would be a bookstore and uh, we would uh, spend whatever few precious free moments we had uh, going through. Uh, the it's like bookstore. you need to buy every book off the table. Yes. Yes. Every table. <laughs> right. So um, you, you guys mentioned whatever you were able to, to, to pick up. I was uh, I was excited to meet uh, an individual. One of the books there, um, it was a um, it's called The Heart of Addiction: A Biblical, Perspe a Biblical Perspective on Addiction. And um, uh, the individual's name is Mark Mark Shaw, and uh, he has a podcast called and a, a ministry called um, The Addiction Connection. And um, it was it was neat to get to meet him and meet his ministry. And um, uh, is, it's a really good book. We have it in Faith at Home. And um, it's a good book because I've read that and used it with uh, one particular person. Yeah, there's like 200 something pages. I know it might be a little long, but it, it really does help you to understand addiction. And uh, it, it's a heart problem. Yes. It's not a victim mentality, but it's a it's, it's a heart issue. And so um, a really good book that we have and uh, that, that ministry was there. And um, so I was able to pick up some for, for the faith at home. Great. So, Great. Yeah. Patrick, did you have one? Yeah, there were... Uh, you know, the, my favorite part of these conferences and things like this, my, my wife may not agree, but <laughs> the best part is the bookstore, right? right. Getting to go and buy books and, right. you know, have... Did you justified in buying buy, books? Buy 30 <laughs> books and read two of them by the next time you go and buy right. 30 more books, right? right but right, right. they're <laughs> always there. Look, right. my wife was there and uh, agreed to it. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the bookstore was fantastic. Uh, lots of good stuff there. Um, a couple of them that, that I had brought with me today to talk about were some that they actually gave to us for free. One was just called Reenchanting Humanity by Owen Strayan. That was a very good, um, I haven't read it, I flipped through it a little bit, but it's a, it's a theology of mankind, um, giving us a proper understanding of man, which is necessary for the gospel. Um, 
And a, another one that's really worth mentioning is Psychobabble. Um, I've been wanting to purchase this book for a long time, never did. Um, and I haven't read it yet, but I did flip through it a little bit earlier today. Psychobabble, the subtitle is The Failure of Modern Psychology and the Biblical Alternative by Richard Gans. So we've been talking about psychology and, and the failures of it in this podcast. And, and to be clear, none of us would sit here and say that they are ill um, poorly motivated behind what they're doing. Um, most of them, we would say, are probably genuinely trying to help people. They just start from a faulty understanding of man, and, and they nece- uh, necessarily go wrong because they don't start in the right place. Mm-hmm. The benefit of biblical counseling is we would say it starts with the right understanding of man, a good understanding of sin and a good understanding of suffering, and having those two categories to guide us. So this psychobabble book would be fantastic for really any of us to read, I think, um, because so many of us, whether we realize it or not, are psychologized. Um, our culture is heavily psychologized. Um, so biblical counseling is is really a, a paradigm shift from what we're used to in our culture. That was a very good one. Um, the, the thing that I will mention b- before I know that you've got another one that you want to speak to, uh, Jared, the thing that I would mention about the resources is um, something that you said at the beginning of the episode, that is that we're all counselors as believers. We are all counselors in the sense that uh, we are edifying one another with the Word of God. We're building one another's faith through the Word of God. And the things that we would say uh, would be informal. That is, we're not sitting down at a table or sitting uh, on a couch talking with another person, and it's a formal appointment. But it is an opportunity to speak into the circumstances and the issues of people's lives, fellow believers, and these resources uh, can be used to uh, help in that informal kind of discussion and counseling. And our faith at home um, is full. You've been working all this last week, uh, and Whitney even came up and helped um, restocking and adding new resources to our faith at home. So, so kind of our, if it won't say counseling there in the faith at home, but it says Christian living because it is our day in and day out of our life. And, right. and so um, another book that we have um, in there by Jerry Bridges is Trusting God. This book was talked about in one of our sessions, uh, Even When Life Hurts. Mm-hmm. And so a um, uh, good thing about Jerry is a uh, gr- great book. Patrick has another one you can speak on. That one's also in the faith at home, the next one he'll speak on. But um, it's deep, but at the same time, it's under, it's understandable. He does a good job of the balance of it, and so, um, you know, that the section of Christian section of Christian living is abuse and um, anger, um, anxiousness, um, uh, trusting, uh, addiction, suffering, and so we have a, a good little section there for those things and the, and the free pamphlets that go along with it. I, th- I think that was meant was that the one in the talk that was called "When God Feels Far Away." Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, he said that the only antidote, because I know that's something probably everybody goes through at some point where God feels far away. He said the only consistent antidote for, um, you know, resolving that feeling that God is far away is to trust God, and uh, I thought that was good. So yeah. it goes back to that. Right, and Jerry Bridges is a, is a great writer. He he, it's easy read, uh, it's clear, and it's trustworthy. You have one that uh, you brought besides. He is, Patrick. Yeah, this is the the one book I decided to bring that I actually bought from the bookstore by Jerry Bridges called The Blessing of Humility, mm-hmm. um, which is something very important for all of us because we're all pride-prone people. Uh, we swell up with pride far easier than we would like to, to admit. I've 
read some other books on humility before, but um, I'm really looking forward to Jerry Bridges because yeah. he's he's very simple. Um, and and, and even going back to what you said, even as a counselor, we have to be humble because we want to go to those things and try to fix the problem, like you said. And why not point them to the light? <laughs> that, that, that's that really exactly yeah, right. It's right. it's a prideful thing for the counselor to think they can mm-hmm. sit there and fix their problem by proof texting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In reality, we're we we're not capable of that. Right. But the Almighty is. Right. So why would we not rather point them to Him? Yeah. I think so. that goes, it makes me think of what you said earlier, where dis, you're ministering the word, not dispensing it. Mm-hmm. Because even in preparing for this podcast, my concern was that all these little short cliches that we'll mention like trusting God and those are all really true and good things but just to say them for these very complicated counseling situations sounds like a pat answer it sounds very insincere maybe or uh, naive to think that but in truth when you you lock arms with someone like counseling is you take those truths and you really dig in with somebody and you get into the mess with them as much as uh, is appropriate and um and let the Holy Spirit do the work with those truths. Not that you can just say them and expect that they're like magic bullets. Right. You right. can't can't go quote Romans eight twenty eight and and say it's the fix all. Right. right. Um, rather, you would walk through the Romans with them and point them to the goodness of God and and our salvation. And mm-hmm. ultimately, that Romans eight twenty eight should never be divorced from eight twenty nine. Right. Mm-hmm. How does God work things all things for our good, our sanctification? Right. Right. So. Exactly. One of the resources that I picked up at the bookstore is titled Legal Issues and Biblical Counseling, Direction and Help for Churches and Counselors. And uh, that's one of the issues that we have got to work through um, in these coming weeks before we actually open the counseling center. Uh, We've got to be prepared legally as individuals. If the four of us are going to be talking with people, how does that look legally? What kind of liability did that put us under? What does that put the church under as far as liability? So these are issues that, that we've got to come to um, agreement on and understanding uh, and the church know what we're getting involved with. And this book, I think, will be helpful to do that. I have not started it yet, uh, but uh, my intention is to spend time in that book this week. And um, part of the, the thing that... Um, we wanted to think about with the biblical counseling ministry is the, the fact that um, there's a pretty good load that would come um, to me as the pastor. And Jared has taken some of that since he has come on staff, which has been about five years now or yeah, six, at least six years in February. Wow. Yeah. And so uh, Patrick then is going to take some of that. Whitney is going to take some of that. We want to and anticipate getting other females involved. We feel like that we're going to need more than just Whitney, obviously. Uh, we're afraid, in fact, that we're going to be overwhelmed when this thing is open or either um, there won't be anybody for a long <laughs> while. So um, we're, we're not sure how to expect, but we want to be prepared. We're not sure what to expect, but we want to be prepared. And um, some of this, like my week this week, is... Completely full of counseling. Some some sessions and some meetings. Just some of it's just encouragement. Some of it's not issues. But this will allow the the three of you, and in the future others of our congregation, to be involved with some of this and to take some of the load and some of the the ministry opportunity. And so I'm looking forward to that. But we've just got to be prepared 
legally and all the details concerning that. One other thing um, that was helpful at the, the conference was the vendor booths set up. Mm, you, know, yes. you walk around, meet people, uh, see what their various ministries are and how they could help with biblical counseling ministries. And one of those was the Alliance Defending Freedom, yes. uh, which would be very helpful for us. I've, I took a pamphlet. I meant to bring it today, but forgot it. But um, Alliance Defending Freedom is on a lot of the, the hot cases across the country of Christian liberty issues. Um, so we could partner with them, for example, and, and have some legal protection. But obviously all things we need to think through. Mm-hmm. But, yes, absolutely. Was there a book that you want to share? Oh well, I it's one it's more uh, very specific topic, but a book that I had picked up is a biblical counselor's approach to marital abuse: a roadmap to reunification. Um, and so that's more a specific topic. I feel like some of these are well, I guess the addiction one's more specific yeah. topic, but uh, but you tend to pick up, uh, or at least I'm at the point right now where I'm picking up books that touch on specific topics that I am trying to figure out for myself. <laughs> so. That's not. I'm not using I'm my wife. I'm not using my wife. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I just we realized we have that. our first counselees. We got our first counselees, don't we? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> No. Anyways, it's I read Lock it. Lock the door. Actually. We're about to get on Jared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turn the headsets off. Will you go do Bible study? <laughs> get it started. No, um, and I appreciate the fact that you've already read that book, Whitney. I did. You it was good. You read that book, and it, it was interesting to what you're thinking and how you want to be available. Because uh, the truth of the matter is uh, the the female um, percentages of a Use in marriage would be higher than male, mm-hmm. obviously. So you're just preparing for that, right? And it's yeah. these are those that's those those are those sticky topics where you don't want to just dispense a verse and be cliche. You want to really have a true and honest answer um, that is, yeah, and then you need to be prepared to help that person. And right. so I wanted to know how you do that. So. Right. And and you <clears throat> you go to texts like First Peter chapter three. You get into Leviticus. You get into some of the laws and case studies in Deuteronomy to be able to counsel those mm-hmm. uh, people yes. as to how they need to think about this. What does it look like in our context in our current society? How do we um, give biblical um, understanding to that current problem, that particular need? Was there any other resources that you want to mention mention before we? try to wrap this up. We've been uh, about 45 minutes now. And so I don't want to cause the, the listener to, to have to tie up too much time. Anything else on the resource that you want to mention in particular, no, that, Jared? That was it. Why don't you mention again, I know that the listeners of Believers Baptist Church are aware of the faith at home, but tell the others and anybody else what that might be listening, what Faith at Home is. Yeah, so Faith at Home is a, a resource center. We, we want to put good uh, biblical books and, uh, and writers. I know people have trouble, you know, they can get on Amazon and type in prayer, and 500 books on prayer will come up. And so um, I've had several times, you know, who do we read? And so to try to help the people, um, here, here's some good books, here's good authors, uh, here's good material. So we wanted to open that up to our uh, our congregation, um, all the pamphlets are free. And then we have uh, different sections of, of books, whether it's Christian living, theology, our Bible doctrine, our missions, our biographies, uh, books on marriage, on, for men, for women. Um, and so that there's a lot of sections there for Puritans. Uh, we have some Bibles now uh, that people can purchase because I've, I've had that asked several times. And, and uh, hopefully, as Jason said, I've been trying to work all week and this all finished up this week. And 
um, I want to make it open to the public. And so, yeah. right. Uh, One thing that's really cool about that is we now have 2,000 years of church history to uh, wise men to glean from, right? Right. right. Uh, a lot of good resources out there. Yep. Um, unfortunately, though, to your point, uh, probably more bad out there right. than good. So <laughs> right. it's a wonderful opportunity to have good, sound, uh, theologically sound books for our people to read. Yeah. Well, let's wrap up the episode with one other thought and see if you have input on this. What's one takeaway, one major takeaaway? I know we've mentioned a lot, but but is there anything in particular that just stands out that we can use um, in a formal counseling setting? I think one thing, you know, listening to that, uh, the bullying um, breakout group, uh, listening to the, the main sessions is when, when sitting down with an individual and listening to them, um, you have all of this story, you know, they'll come in and, 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 and talk and talk, which is a good thing. And, um, and so, but, but really, uh, once you just, once you get through all of that, it really narrows down to, you know, you're looking at, well, what is the hard issue right there? And, um, and so I just think like anything else that takes practice, number one, just knowing the word, I, man, one thing just going through all this training is you've got to know the word of God. And, um, and I know they have resources, uh, they have actually two really good resources, uh, where if you're counseling, you can open up certain verses, they're there right there for you. Um, but but it wouldn't be neat to not necessarily have to have that just to, just to know the word of God. And so I guess that's two things to know the word of God, but to, when you're counseling, to be able to, um, you know, hear all of that, but really you realize that it really narrows down to a, a certain issue or a certain heart problem. Well, uh, yeah, I think my one takeaway was, um, in, in tune with the breakout session I mentioned, um, uh, and, and that being, uh, doxological mm-hmm. in our counseling remembering that ultimately we are here to praise and glorify our God. Um, so whereas we obviously want to help people with their problems, our primary goal and our focus is to bring glory to God through that. So uh, not fo- not being a fix-it person, but a right. um, um, willing to disciple, um, willing to take the time and move slow is, is probably my key takeaway. I'm glad you brought that back up. I, I purchased some of the, the breakout groups so we could share with our people. And, um, and so, um, I know you, what, what do you mean purchase them? You mean on audio? Audio. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, all, all the sessions were recorded audio wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know a lot of people like to listen to stuff on the road and, and podcasts and stuff like that. So y'all should um, totally do that. Yeah. Well, we've, <laughs> we've created a, a, um, a folder, uh, through our, our program here at the church and we're trying to, uh, make that where we can share that folder for the church. And so that's something we can drop in there and, and hopefully let them listen to. So yeah, I think that'd be great. a good one for them to listen to. That would be Whitney, was there one particular one that... I I guess just the general thread that kind of came up for me was the idea just that, you know, know, I've always heard it said, if you want to know what's most sacred to God, what he created to be most sacred, you look at what Satan most attacks. And, you know, human dignity is what's the theme, and it's clearly one that he attacks. And uh, so I I feel like regardless of the issue, um, you're going to end up needing to talk about the doctrine of God, who is God, and who is man? Who am I apart from God? Who am I in God? Because that's ultimately where your your it sounds cliche again, but it's true. It's true. This is where your identity is. He's your creator. Uh, it's where your purpose is, and it's where your peace is. And so I feel like regardless of the specific issues that come up, I need to always remember the co- the core goal or a really good foundational place to start is what is the doctrine? How do I actually view God, and how do I view myself apart from God or and, you know, ultimately you need to know who you are in Christ. Right. So. That's good. I mentioned at the breakout session that 
was most beneficial to me by Randy Patton, minister the word rather than dispense it. And one of the things that came out of that that I feel like is most helpful for me, and perhaps it would be for you guys as well, that is Patrick, Whitney, and Jared, as we try to enter into biblical counseling. But he said in the first session that we need to ask a lot of questions. And the first session in my counseling experience, typically I've, I'm trying to, to solve the problem, as you mentioned earlier, Patrick. I'm trying to help them think about what the Bible would say about the problem, but uh, I, I don't know that I'm getting all the information that I need to get to be able to really work with them on the issue. And so ask a lot of questions. Uh, record those answers. Write them down because we tend to get busy and those things go yeah. away from our minds. You get sucked into the situation. You forget to write down yeah. and, and go Pro- back to I it. Know. <laughs> Proverbs would inform us well here, right. wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah. So he said that once you're in this first session and you ask those questions, and it's not so much about you trying to solve the problem, he said then just lay your pen down and sit back and say, okay, I think the Bible has some good answers for you. And I think that I can help you as we work through together on what the Bible would say about your problem or your you issue. You give hope. Yes. Right away. Give hope right away and encourage them in that hope. Uh, give homework assignment that first session. Homework being, here's some Bible uh, texts that you need to work on that you can spend time reading. And then come back to the next session having the counselee having worked through those But you as the counselor then are also uh, not just neglecting that homework. You're going back to that and Mm -hmm. then putting time and thought into what the counselee has read, what they've been thinking about, and then work with that text with them. Mm -hmm. So I thought those were helpful, practical ways that I took from the conference to help counselees. That's good. Yeah, I think that's great. And and it brings um, perhaps some, some wisdom to those who might be listening um, who may need future counsel. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a magic hour once right. a week. That's right. Uh, the reality is we're there to help guide them, but it's going to be deep plotting for right. a, an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But sure. the only lasting change is, is biblical change, right? and that requires time. That's right. Well, I want to thank uh, Jared and Whitney and Patrick for being on the episode Thank you so much, listener, for taking the time to listen to this Asking for a Friend podcast episode. We hope that it's been a blessing to you. We hope it's been informative, particularly for our own Believers Baptist Church congregation. And if you like what you hear here and uh, you would want to share uh, the podcast, then uh, please do that. Do that word of mouth or do that through technology. Um, You can also, if you have a question for future episodes of the Asking for a Friend podcast, you can go on our website. There's a media tab and you can uh, scroll down and there'll be a box there that you can ask a question. And we'll be glad to try to answer that question in the future. Uh, But once again, thank you for listening. And until next time, grace and peace be with you all.